Hello, this week on Reddit Share, I'm going to be reading chapters 46 and 47 of Keeper of the Lost Cities by Shannon Messenger. Chapter 46. I wouldn't scream if I were you, the figure with the weapon warned them. I'm not afraid to use a meddler, and you will not enjoy it. He pointed the metal gadget at Sophie's forehead. A few seconds will only stun you. Any more will cause permanent damage. Do you understand? You wouldn't do that with humans around, Sophie said, hating her voice for shaking. The bridge wasn't crowded, but there were a few people out for evening strolls. One of them would notice the three figures in black-hooded cloaks threatening children and call the police. All three figures laughed, and the one with the weapon, who appeared to be the leader, moved a step closer. They have no idea we're here. He pulled a small black orb from his cloak. This is an obscure... It bends light and sound around us like a force field. All anyone can see or hear right now is wind and a slight distortion in the air, like heat waves radiating off the ground. Sophie reached for Dex's hand. They were on their own. I don't know how you escaped, the leader hissed and released as he handed a coil of silver tape to one of his goons. But you can rest assured it won't happen again. Sophie bit her lips so she wouldn't cry out as the goon jerked her hands behind her back and tied them tight. How did you find us? The black swan must have thought we wouldn't check our own pathways. Let that be a lesson to you. Never underestimate your opponent. But if you're not the black swan, who are you? Sophie demanded. Wouldn't you like to know? The goon sneered as he tied her ankles. The cold metal metal wire cut into her skin. But she barely felt it as she focused all her concentration on calling for help. Please, Fitz, she transmitted, imaging him in the halls of Everglen. Her brain buzzed with energy, and she pushed her mind further than she ever had before. We're in Paris. Pont Alexander Third. We need help. Tell your dad, and please hurry. Maybe adrenaline enhanced her concentration, or maybe it was wishful thinking. But the message seemed stronger this time. Like she could actually feel it swirl inside Fitz's mind as he struggled to ignore it. Please listen to me. I'm not dead, but I might be if you don't come. Please send help. Strong arms shook her shoulders so hard her brain rattled, severing her con- her connection. She was transmitting again, the goon yelled. Never heard a call that loud either. We should get out of here in case anyone heard her. Agreed. And don't think that in... Don't try that again unless you want to find out what a meddler would do to a powerful, to your powerful little brain. Understood? The leader pointed the weapon between her eyes. She swallowed the bile filling her mouth. What are you going to do with us? That's none of your business. Let's go. Dex hadn't said a word since the kidnappers appeared. Sophie figured he was in shock, but he must have been channeling because one rapid, in one rapid burst, he ripped apart his bonds and jumped free. Duck, Sophie, he screamed. She dropped to the ground as a beam of energy whizzed past her. Another blast from the meddler missed Dex as he slammed the leader to the ground and knocked the weapon from his hand. Another goon grabbed the weapon and blasted Dex in the chest. Dex flew backward and collapsed on the ground, his body jerking in a seizure. Maybe I didn't make myself clear, the leader growled as he dusted his cloak and snatched the meddler from his goon. He pointed it at Dex's chest, delivering another blast. Dex thrashed and flailed straight. Strange gurgling sounds coming from his throat. Stop! Sophie begged. We'll cooperate. Just stop. Of course you'll cooperate. You have no choice. He blasted Dex again. And this time, Dex didn't move. 
his blank, lifeless eyes staring into nothing, and Sophie squeezed her eyes shut to block the image. He'll be fine, she told herself. He's just unconscious. Get your hands off me, she screamed as a goon yanked her to her feet. A bony white hand squeezed her arm, and she memorized every detail of the pale scar between his thumb and forefinger, so she could track him down and find him. The line was white and crescent-shaped, with jagged points, almost like a bite. The word triggered a flood of memories, vivid and clear. This time, they were her memories. You! she gasped, jerking her head around to get a better look at him. The deep cowl of his cloak hid his face, but she knew who was hiding the shadows. I know you! You know nothing, he growled. There was a dash of uncertainty in his voice. He shoved her forward, laughing when her bound ankles made her stumble. Stop playing around, the leader yelled at his goon. Get rid of the boy while I take the girl back to the keep. You can't do that, Sophie shrieked. How are you going to stop us? The leader asked as he pointed the meddler at her forehead. He snorted when she didn't say anything. That's what I thought. Something inside her snapped as she watched the scarred goon heft Dex's limp body over his shoulder to take him away and kill him. She'd heard of seeing red, but this wasn't red. This was fierce black hate. It clouded her mind until it consumed her. All sound vanished and her whole body shook with a frenzy she didn't understand. She pushed the anger and darkness out of her mind, needing to be free of it. When the last ounce of hatred was gone, her vision cleared and all three members were slumped on the ground, holding their heads and writhing in pain. Her bonds snapped like they were made of paper, her muscles strengthened by the strange energy still pumping through her. She ran to Dex. His body was limp as she pulled him free, but she could feel a weak pulse. She, if she could get him to Elwyn, he would be okay. He had to be okay. He couldn't die because of her. She fumbled through the heavy-set figure's cloak and grabbed his pathfinder. She spun the crystal and locked it into a place, into place on the faucet it stopped on, hoping it wouldn't take her to one of their secret hideouts. She didn't have any other options, so she had to take the chance. It didn't matter where they went, so long as there were elves there to help. Then she flung Dex over her shoulder, barely noticing the extra weight, took a deep breath, and imagined her concentration wrapping around Dex's body like an aura. When she had a hold of him, she held the Pathfinder up and stepped into the light, letting it pull them away. The pain was almost unbearable, but she held on, refusing to let the leap beat her. The light was a force battering her, pulling and pushing in so many different directions she couldn't tell if she was being ripped apart or crushed. When she was nearing her breaking point, the rushing slowed, the tug of war lessened, and the scenery glittered in around her. She forced the last ounce of her concentration around Dex as the light whisked away, not allowing it to take any part of him with it. The pain faded, and for one glorious second she thought they might actually be okay. Then her legs collapsed. They hit the ground hard, and Dex groaned from the impact. At least she knew he was still alive. She tried to turn to see if he was awake, but she couldn't move her head. She couldn't feel her body. It was like her brain wasn't connected anymore, and she had an overwhelming urge to let go, drift with a gentle breeze tugging in at her skin, and follow after the parts of her that the light had dragged away. She was fading. She must have lost too much of herself in the leap. For a moment, she surrendered, closing her eyes as the warmth surrounded her. But she couldn't leave Dex. She had to hold on until he was safe. She summoned every last bit of concentration and transmitted as far as she could. 
It's Sophie, Fitz. Dex is hurt and I'm too weak to help him. Please come. I can't hold on much longer. She could see him in her with her mind's eye in his room this time. It was a place she'd never seen, and she couldn't be sure if she was really seeing it now or if it was all in her imagination. But when she called his name, he turned and looked at her. Please, Fitz, I need your help. He turned away, and his hands grabbed something, a tiny purple, purple albasaurus, and the note she'd given him with it. If she could have felt her chest, her heart would have skipped a beat. I went to f your funeral, he thought. I'm not dead, not yet. I need your help. Her mind grew weak from the effort, but she fought against her weariness overtaking her and clung to the connection. Please, Fitz, you have to come before it's too late. Her hazy eyes scanned the scenery, searching for a landmark that might explain where she was. She was relieved when relieved they were out in the open with no signs of the kidnappers, but that also meant they were on their own. And if Fitz didn't come, there's a tree here, Fitz. Part of it has green leaves, and part of it has flowers, and part of it has snow. It's huge. If you know where this is, please hurry. She projected the image to him. I'm so tired. Please help us. We don't have much time. She couldn't see Dex, but she could hear his labored breathing. She wondered how much longer he could hold on. Would it be long enough for someone to find him? The gentle breeze tucked at her, and she couldn't resist anymore. I'm so sorry, Dex, she transmitted. Not sure if he was conscious. I'm sorry, I'm not strong enough to save you. The warmth painted across her mind and she sank into it, to a world of blinding rainbow sparkle. No cares or worries, just rushing air and freedom. A faint sound yanked her back to reality. Steady pounding, close by. Footsteps. Someone was coming. Somehow she managed to pull her eyes open. The world was blurry, but she could see feet approaching her. Three pairs of feet, in dark clothes. In dark clothes. No! She wouldn't let the kidnappers take her again. She wouldn't go back to that dark, horrible place. I'm so sorry I couldn't wait for you to get here, Fitz. I tried. Then she released her last tiny hold on reality and let the blinding light sweep her away. Chapter 47 Sophie drifted with the warmth. Time, space, life. They held no meaning in the brightness. But she was peaceful. More peaceful than she'd ever been. If this was death, it wasn't so bad. A ghost of sound wove through the sparkle and color and heat. She tried to ignore it, but the noise persisted, and it sounded familiar. The same word, over and over. Sophie. The awareness tugged her away from the light, and she fought against leaving the freedom. She didn't want to go back to the darkness. But Sophie couldn't tune out the voice. Sophie. Sophie, can you hear me? Sophie. The light turned teal and sparkled like a jewel all around her. The voice was soft, but still crisp, like it had an accent she couldn't place. Fitz! The rainbow world lost its appeal. With a surge of newfound strength, she pulled every remaining ounce of her concentration and wrapped it around the sound of his voice, letting it pull her back to reality. She gasped as pain rocked her head. So hard, it felt like her mind cracked, and a thousand different aches splintered through her body. She tried to move, but only managed a slight shiver. Something strong and warm wrapped around her. Sophie! Fitz said again, clearer now, right next to her. Sophie, can you hear me? Squeeze my hand if you can hear me. She didn't have the strength to squeeze, but her mind was stronger than her body. I'm here. He laughed, a beautiful sound. And the warmth enveloped her again, tighter this time. Everything is going to be okay, he whispered. You're safe now. Just stay with me, okay? I'll try.
There was something she needed to remember. Something bad had happened. Someone was hurt. An image of a strawberry blonde-haired boy, crumpled on the ground, flashed into her mind. Dex! Dex is fine, Fitz promised. Keith left him to Everglen, and Bianna left to get Elwyn. We weren't sure if it was safe to move you. His voice hitched at the end. So many questions raced to her mind, but she was afraid to ask any of them. Thank you for coming. I'm sorry I didn't come sooner. I didn't want to believe you could still be... Get my hopes up if... He choked on the words. I finally told Keith and Bianna about it, and they convinced me to come. If I'd come sooner, maybe... You're here now. I just hope I'm not too late, he whispered. Where is she? Ellen barked as running footsteps moved closer. He gasped. Fitz, open her mouth. Soft fingers parted her lips. Then a cool liquid slid across her tongue. Try to swallow, Sophie, Ellen ordered. It took every bit of strength she had to push the sweet syrup down. The medicine rushed through her body, numbing it as it went. No, she didn't want to be want to be sedated again. She didn't want to go back to the darkness. It's okay, Sophie, Fitz whispered, his voice farther away. Don't fight the medicine, Ellen added. Your body isn't ready to be awake. I promise it will be okay. She was scared to sink into the blackness again. She wasn't sure she'd have the strength to come back. Her panic eased as Fitz's voice filled her mind. You're going to be okay, he promised. Just sleep. She clung to his words as the darkness dragged her under. Cool tingles across her forehead pulled her back to reality, and Sophie took deep breaths, luxuriating in the rise and fall of her chest. She'd forgotten how wonderful it was to breathe. That's my girl, someone whispered. She knew the voice, but her foggy mind couldn't place it. Something touched her lips, and she parted them, gulping the cool wetness that poured into her mouth. She wanted to drink forever, but the liquid stopped. She twisted her face in protest. I know, the voice said, but you have to give your stomachs a chance to adjust. It's been empty for a long time now. She wanted to argue, but her stomach cramped as the cold liquid hit it. Her body contorted. Can't you give her anything for the pain? Another voice asked from somewhere nearby. I need to f her to feel right now so I can check her progress. Then I can numb her again. No, she begged, horrified at her strangled voice. She didn't, she'd had enough sedative to last a lifetime. No medicine. "'Shh,' he whispered, rubbing balm on her, on, into her dry lips. "'I won't give you any medicine, I promise. Now, please, lay still before you wear yourself out.' "'Okay,' she forced her eyes open, squinting in the light. A round face with dark, messy hair hovered over her. The iridescent spectacles gave him away. "'Owen,' she whispered. Tears pulled in his eyes. "'I can't tell you how good it is to hear you say that.' Bullhorn's been sleeping next to you for two weeks. We were starting to lose hope, but yesterday he moved, and now here you are. Someone sniffled behind her. Alden? she asked, recognizing the other voice she'd heard. I'm here, he whispered, stepping into her line of sight and taking her hand. You up for a, fr for a few visitors? Owen asked. Sure, she whispered. Alden propped her up with a pillow, and she realized she was at Everglen. In the room she'd stayed in at in her first night as an elf. Outside, she could hear some murmured debate over who should see her first. Then, Fitz rushed to her side. She swallowed back tears as she met his eyes. Thanks for bringing me back. Before he could reply, Deanna raced into the room, threw her arms around her, and burst into tears.
I'm so sorry, Sophie. My dad wanted you around more so he could keep an eye on you, so he told me to reach out to you. But I really am your friend. And then you were gone, and... Her voice trailed into sobs. It's okay, Sophie whispered, and she meant it. If Bianca cared enough to rescue her, cared enough to cry, that was enough. Forget about it, okay? We're still friends. Bianca sniffled and pulled back to meet her eyes. <laughs> really? Really. All right, enough girly drama, Keith said, shoving his way in. I was part of the rescue, too, remember? I'm the one who knew the tree you told Fitz about was the Four Seasons tree. So if it weren't for me... He faltered as he seemed to realize he was talking about her dying. Thank you, Keith. She smiled to show him she didn't mind. He shrugged. Anytime. And by the way, you're a telepath? I think that proves once and for all that you are definitely the most mysterious girl ever. His face darkened. My dad was very smug when he heard you'd been training with Tyrgon. He always has to be right, and this time he was. Sophie's eyes darted to Alden. It's okay. You won't have to hide it anymore. In fact, everyone seems to know every detail about what's happened these past few months. He shot a meaningful glance at Keith. Great. Everyone knew what a freak she was. Though it was kind of a relief. No more hiding. No more lying. Her friends would stand by her. And the others? She wasn't sure if she cared. Things are changing, Alden added. But we'll talk about that later. Right now, you should rest. Not without this, Fitz said, handing her a bright blue elephant. Ella! Sophie buried her face between the floppy ears, ignoring Keith's snickers. She'd been through too much to care about being teased. She met Fitz's eyes, melting when he smiled at her. Thank you guys for rescuing me. Just get better, okay? Keith ordered. School wasn't the same without you. No explosions or emergencies. Boring. I'll try, she promised. And if you need anything, you know how to reach me, Fitz transmitted. Sophie gasped. How? Fitz grinned. I have no idea. I slipped in when you were fading, and now it's easy. Does that mean you can read my mind? She asked, preparing to die of embarrassment if he could. He shook his head. I can only transmit. Pretty cool, though, huh? She nodded, trying not to worry about what might have happened to her brain to cause that kind of change. Hey, no secret telepath conversa conversations, you two, or I'll have to assume you guys are flirting. Keith laughed as they both flushed and looked anywhere but each other. I think Dex is going to explode if I don't let him in, Owen interrupted. Dex burst through the door, and Sophie's breath caught in her throat. He looked perfect, not a scratch on him. We'll see you later, Fitz promised as he pulled Keith and Vienna out with him. Dex stomped past them. Next time you try to rescue me, concentrate a little more on yourself, okay? You almost died because of me. Actually, you almost died because of me. Twice, she reminded him, her voice shaking as she tried not to think about his blank eyes after their meddler blasts. He bit his lip. Call it even? Deal. He leaned forward like he wanted to hug her, then noticed Alden and Elwyn back and backed off. He squeezed her hand, color streaking his cheeks. You're really okay? Yeah, just a little tired. How about you? Did the meddler do any damage, her eyes searching for any tiny injury she might have missed from far away? Nothing Owen couldn't fix, and nothing like what happens when you leap with all your concentration wrapped around someone else. Do you have any idea how dumb that was? What was I supposed to do? My concentration's weak as it is, and you were injured. Actually, your concentration isn't weak at all, Alden corrected. Dex didn't lose a single cell in that leap. Owen agreed. If you'd kept a little more concentration on yourself, you wouldn't have faded, and I wouldn't have to spend two weeks trying to bring any color and life back into a half-drained body. Sorry, she mumbled, cringing at the words, half-drained. But 
My nexus was barely at the half. Dex, you saw it. How could my concentration be strong? We'll talk later, Alden said. Right now, you need to rest. He pulled the blankets around her shoulders, and she snuggled Ella, wondering why Fitz had her. She'd left Ella at Havenfield. Did Grady and Adeline come to see me? She whispered, hating herself for hoping they have. They haven't left since Fitz found you. You have no idea what they've been going through these past three and a half weeks. Three and a half weeks? You've been gone a long time, Sophie. They're waiting outside, but they understand if you don't want to see them. Emotion caught in her throat, and she cleared it away. As much as they'd hurt her, as angry as she'd been, she couldn't shut them out. Not after everything they'd been through. You can send them in, she whispered. Alden squeezed her shoulder and led Dex towards the door. Dex waved as two gaunt figures crept into the room. Sophie blinked. Grady? Adeline? She barely recognized them. They looked like they hadn't eaten or slept or changed clothes in weeks. Adeline covered her trembling lips and raced to Sophie, crawling into the bed to hold her so tight it was almost hard to breathe. Grady dropped to his knees on the floor beside them, squeezing Sophie's arm. I'll just give you guys a minute, Elwyn said, fleeing the scene as they all started crying. Grady cleared his throat and wiped his eyes. Sorry, we don't want to wear you out. It's just a little overwhelming to get you back. We went to your funeral. Another sob shook Adeline's shoulders before she released Sophie and pulled her up, squeezing Sophie's hands. Losing you was one of the hardest things I've ever endured, she whispered. But the worst part was knowing that you had no idea how much you mean to us. Grady squeezed both of their hands. We never wanted to love anyone again after we lost Jolly, Adeline whispered. But we love you, Sophie. You're just as much our daughter as she was. We need you to know that. Not because we want us to, you to forgive us, but because we you deserve to know. Canceling your adoption was the worst mistake we've ever made, Grady added. You'll always have a home with us at Havenfield, but we understand if you want to stay with Alden and Della. We just hope you'll come visit sometime. Let us be a tiny part of your life, even if we don't deserve it. Sophie nodded, too overwhelmed to say anything other than, Thanks. But when Edeline kissed her cheek and Grady stroked her hair, she added, I love you guys too. They both smiled, and even though they were still thin and tired, they looked more like themselves. Edeline kissed her cheek again. Oh, I almost forgot. Grady pulled out a tiny furball pulled a tiny furball out of his pocket. Iggy Iggy flitted to her shoulder, nuzzling her cheek. Sophie gagged. Ugh, I forgot about Iggy breath. She scratched his fuzzy head, and his crackly purr filled the room. Thanks for your help in the cave, little man. Adeline sniffled. He did come and find us. Took us a while to figure out what he wanted, and by the time we got down to the caves, there had been a huge wave, and her voice vanished. Sophie squeezed her hand. I'm safe. She tried to believe the words were true. Grady stood up as she yawned. We'll let you sleep. She didn't want to sleep after losing so much time, but her body demanded it, and by the time Grady pulled the blankets around her and switched off the lights, she was already asleep, with Izzy, with Iggy snoring like a chainsaw beside her.